welcome to Kaplan's Learn Better podcast. My name is Stuart Pedley-Smith, Head of Learning at Kaplan UK. In this series, you're going to hear from both students and experts as we take a look at a range of topics related to personal and career success in the world of accountancy and finance. My guest today is Jason Moss. Jason has worked in banking, technology and IT and more recently education. He's the Apprenticeships Development Director for Kaplan, working largely in the IT digital sector. But he's here today to talk to us about the skills gap, especially in the area of digital and tech. It's often said that knowledge is power, but in the age of the internet, where it could be argued that knowledge is free, should we be talking more about skills as power? Jason, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Stuart. Thanks for having me. Jason, look, I want to start at the beginning of this. We're talking about skills. We're talking about almost like that distinction between skills and knowledge. So my first question is, could you tell us what a skill is in contrast to knowledge? And maybe if it's different to studying for a professional qualification or how it might be similar in studying for a professional qualification. So what is a skill and how does that differ from, differ from knowledge? I mean, quite simply, uh, you know, skill is the ability to be able to do something and perhaps be able to do it with little or no support and do it competently, you know, do it well. Uh, and if I think of just, I don't know, an example for a moment, if I think about, let's say, uh, let's say data, for instance. So if someone was working in data, perhaps they're looking to solve a particular problem or a challenge, or perhaps they're looking to make a decision and they think that data can help support in the making of that decision. So they might think, well, okay, let's go and source and select some data that I can use that will help me make that decision. Once they've got it, they'll prepare it for processing. They'll process it. Once they've done so, they'll visualize it with some kind of tool. They'll get some kind of valuable insight, hopefully, from that data, which will either A, tell them a story about what's happened previously, or B, help them to predict what may happen in the future, and that'll help them to maybe make that decision or solve that problem. Now, I kind of know that because I've just kind of reeled it off there in kind of the steps that I would go through. But if you then said to me, right, now go and do it, you know, could I actually now go and do it and put that into practice and, uh, and get the results that I needed, again, back to that point of with little or no support and do it, you know, do it well. So for me, a skill has been able to demonstrate you can do something in a real world environment rather than just kind of knowing how to do something. We know that there is a skills gap. I'm going to ask you about, you know, the skills that um, people, you know, the employers want in the workplace. But you've just outlined that a skill is, is how you effectively do something. Mm -hmm. But, and, and this is a sort of slightly rhetorical question, how do you teach that as opposed to, Knowledge is something that you can read, mm -hmm. but skill is something that you can do. So how do you transfer the knowledge into a skill or is skill separate from knowledge? How do you teach it? Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really good question. And one we get sort of asked quite a bit, actually. And I guess it's quite a long answer, to be honest, but I'll, I'll try my best to not, not, not talk too much. <laughs> we've, got, we've got time. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, really, what we're trying to do is give somebody a safe environment to practice. And so if I think about how we deliver these, I guess there's a couple of different things we do. So one thing is we give people access to, uh, we, we use what's called a virtual machine. So we'll give someone a virtual machine. And in that virtual machine, it'll have all the software they need, all the tools they need, 
And if we use data as the example again, all the data sets that they need as well, so that they can play and they can practice and they can help sort of hone and perfect those skills by doing stuff, but doing it for real, but in a kind of safe environment where they can make mistakes and it doesn't matter. And actually, because it's the support of someone from Kaplan, we can also, if something goes wrong, help kind of step in and guide them and help them and show them where they've gone wrong so they can put it right. And, you know, obviously, hopefully, you know, kind of learn from that mistake, you know, as well. So the, the idea that there's some guidance, is there something for them to read and do first and then they practice in this safe environment? And then is it coaching along the way? Is that is that the process exactly exactly so yeah absolutely we would we would deliver some knowledge to the learner uh, and then we would practice we would demonstrate and we might do that through demonstration where a tutor or a talent coach might demonstrate and actually walk through it first and show them what to do and then let them go and say right now go do it and practice this for yourself so we do it in an on-demand way so we can do it in their own time whether that's before a class or post a class so they can practice to their heart's content we do it during the live online classes that we have. You know, our live online classes, at least 50% of the time, they're in a live online class. They're doing stuff. It's practical. It's lab environment where they're working through this stuff as opposed to just, you know, absorbing and listening to a tutor. Um, and then I guess the third thing as well, which is really important, is that they then get to go and practice it in the workplace. So what we will then look to do, Stuart, is say to them, right, you've now got to go back to your workplace and actually there's a project or an assignment that we're going to work through with you where you can demonstrate that you can do this as well in a real environment, you know, under supervision still from their line manager or from our talent coach. But again, there'll be some kind of output required from, from that, which can again, demonstrate that they've achieved those skills and that they're, that they're competent in them. Yeah. The way that you've just described that is, you know, the, the classic one, is always how to learn how to juggle you know what i mean and and that's always a useful metaphor isn't it for learn how people learn a skill you know you have to have somebody say to you first guess what these are these are the three balls that you're going to use you know how many balls have you i've got three balls and, you, and we're into their area of knowledge then there's the demonstration isn't there they're sort of well this is what you'll be able to do at the end and so the learner can see what the ambition is perhaps mm -hmm. And then, of course, the first thing they do is throw one in the air and it falls. And, and that's kind of the process that you're talking about, isn't it? It's this yeah. continual repetition, ability to practice. And then I suppose that the, the, the real skill is, is, is the ability to, to look at what the learner's doing, identify what they should be doing and give feedback into that space sufficient that the that the it's yeah it makes it sound more complicated than it should be but that's the process isn't it where you're saying you know you didn't you didn't move your hand i'm having to use i'm having to use juggling <laughs> but you know what i mean it's that idea of you know just raise your hand a little bit higher in, yeah. in your digital world it, it would be guidance on well you got that part right but what would have really helped at this stage exactly that exactly that's you and, and our sub you know our tutors and talent coaches are subject matter experts so you know they've done it you know they they know it they can teach it they've got the skills themselves though because they've done it for themselves you know in a, in a real working in environment and that's really really important so that they can then you know pass on or impart that knowledge to someone else which is you know think back to apprenticeships and that's what it's all about isn't it is a is a kind of a student or a learner learning from someone who's already mastered this particular skill and and that's really what we're 
we're, we're doing here in the digital space. The sort of principle behind apprenticeship is is ancient, isn't it? This idea yeah. that, you know, sculptor and, you know, all skills, aren't they? Arts are skills. And this idea that, you know, how can you take a, a block of sort of marble and turn it into a statue? Well, mm -hmm. you don't you don't read the book to do that. You know, you, you, you need to, you know, what's the strength of the, the, you know, the material you're working with? What are the tools that you've got? Mm -hmm. But then you need to have a go and you go, whoop, don't do that, you know, or please do this. It's all that hand holding guidance instruction along the way, isn't it? That, that transfers that learning into the individual. Yeah, exactly that. And it's kind of almost triangulated, I suppose, between the learner themselves, their line manager, who's their mentor in the workplace and their tutor stroke talent coach who's here at Kaplan. And between all of us, you know, we'll help shape that young person or, or that person of any age as it is now with apprenticeships in, into being what it is that they, they want to be. So, so you've got this idea, haven't you, that, you know, yes, you've got, we've got this simulation and this safe space, but your connection with the employer is, is that key essential third part of that, that triangle, that relationship. Exactly that. And, and that's, and that's a real project. So that's something in the workplace that is real and meaningful. It's a real project that they're doing, not a simulation in any way. We'll give them a sort of a framework and guidance about you know, how it is we want them to do this. But, uh, but they'll absolutely do it for real and they'll get some kind of outcome which will improve or make a decision or you know, help with a particular problem they've got in the workplace and help to, you know, help to fix it. My name's Alex and I'm marketing manager from Manchester. To me, the digital skills gap means a difference between supply and demand for employees with digital skills that are becoming more and more important no matter what industry we work in. I graduated university with a marketing degree within the last decade, so it's a field where digital skills are already vital and they were at the time. However, even in the last few years, I've noticed that the demand for digital skills, such as knowledge of specific pieces of software or the ability to edit videos and use different forms of social media, are increasingly in demand. This is the reason I chose to do an apprenticeship after already completing my degree. I realised that digital skills are becoming more and more important and I had a specific gap in my knowledge that I needed to address in order to future-proof my career and the apprenticeship was the perfect option. You, you talk about creating a safe environment with the technologies. Mm -hmm. How do you keep up with the most recent technologies? Is that something you have to keep swapping in, changing? Because, you know, you are by definition living in a dynamic, you know, probably the most dynamic learning environment that we've got. Absolutely, Stuart. Yeah, it's one of the things we're doing constantly. We're always looking at the job market. We're looking at the job advertisements that are being made. And we're looking at the top skills that employers are looking for and also the technologies as well. So again, as an example, within the data program, the two most popular data visualization tools are Power BI and Tableau. They're number one and two, depending on which report you look at, you know, they're, they're, always, they're always there. So they're the specific tools that we use in our program that, you know, kind of every six months really, we'll look at the program and we'll refresh it and determine, are they still the most relevant tools that people are using or has something replaced it? And if so, then we need to replace that, you know, within our program as well. But we also mustn't forget, I guess, in the workplace, if they're using slightly a different tool, sometimes the concepts and how you do something are very much the same. And it might just be a slightly different button in the tool that they've got in their workplace compared to, you know, maybe the one ones that we're using within our programs. 
And of course, the other there is always the point that you're ahead of the mark. Mm. That an employer's going in. I mean, you yeah. might think it's always easy to step back, but if somebody comes out and says, "Look, I've just learned this," and then they come to apply it in the workplace, they find they haven't got that that latest edition. People have got to learn another skill, haven't they? The ability to adapt yeah. and not and not sit there and go, "Well, I haven't been taught this." You've got to go, "Yeah, yeah," but you've been you've been taught what it looks like or where this this is going or what it might be in a, you know in a year's time but the principles are still the same so there's almost a bit of mindset and i suppose resilience going on in the middle of all this as well isn't it yeah yeah definitely agree you know it, back to coding and you know languages you know is it python is it c is it you know you know whatever um you know yeah again it's it's it is those you know they're all say object oriented programming languages and therefore if you know one of them chances are you can kind of slightly adapt and, and maneuver to be able to kind of, you know, learn another one if you if you haven't got that one already. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. You know, if people are looking at different courses, they all sound, the rappers will all sound very similar. But what would your advice be if somebody's looking for a, a digital course in, in terms of what they should particularly sort of look out for? What, what sort of things should they, they want to see? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think um, certainly they'd want to know that the organization they're working with has the expertise for themselves. So, yeah. you know, for instance, the, you know, at Kaplan here, clearly we are very famous for accountancy and tax and finance, uh, but it's not that team that's delivering these programs. So, you know, I'm from this background. I'm from a data and digital and IT background, and so is the team that I've built. So I think the first thing is that you're working with specialists who, who actually have, have done this for, for real and specialize in that particular area. So in this case, you know, in, in, in tech. Um, and then uh, secondly, you want to look at how the programs are being formed and put together, the kind of tools and technologies. Uh, you know, are they the latest tools and technologies or are they kind of dated as we described a minute ago? Um, uh, that's, you know, super important. Um, and then thirdly, I guess it's just, you know, how do we also weave in, you know, what the employer is doing and, you know, the technologies they're using, the tools that they're using, maybe some of the techniques that they're using, you know, how do we weave that into the program as well? You know, the, the best apprenticeships out there really, you know, are where it's a real partnership between the employer, between the provider, and obviously therefore the learner will get the best experience out of it. Jason, I want to, I want to sort of move on because you've touched on it already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're hearing so much the A level results, GCSE results are coming out, the grading that's taken place, and then this idea, yeah, what, what is this all for? And it's this smooth transition into the workplace. But increasingly, we are hearing the term skills gap. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you very eloquently described how we, yeah, you can learn a skill, but um, what what are the sort of skills that employers want from your experiences? Once again, in in the tech space, and just as an aside for anybody listening, as Jason's sort of talking through this, um, we may have been going down the conversation of thinking of these digital skills as being something for digital people, but for any of the finance guys out there listening, um, please, these are extensions for your careers. Is that right, Jay? You know, that these yeah. are, you know, you, you've got a finance qualification, but increasingly we're going to find that employers are demanding an accounting qualification with some of these these skills. So just take you back. So what, what do you think the skills are that employers, from your experiences, are looking for in that digital space? Yeah, sure. 
Um, I guess they probably kind of fit into two camps. There's the technical skills themselves. So, um, you know, if I if I look at the moment and look at the kind of areas where a lot of perhaps jobs are being advertised and companies are really finding a struggle to fill, you know, the demand of employers is basically outstripping the supply of people to fulfill those jobs. Then, uh, you know, coding and uh, being able to develop either software, websites, applications, so any sort of coding experience or skill uh, is high in demand. Data skills, the ability to work with data, to manipulate data, process data, you know, tell a story and get some insights from data. That's another highly, uh, you know, highly in demand set of skills employers are looking for. In IT, then lots of people now have moved to the cloud or are still moving to the cloud or going through a digital transformation. Uh, and therefore anything to do with, you know, cloud technologies, again, you know, high in demand and cybersecurity would be another area. You know, if you think about whether it's malicious uh, attacks or whether uh, it's, you know, accidental or somebody internal making a mistake or whatever. So again, it's those kind of skills, you know, how do we protect our networks? How do we protect our data? How do we protect our, you know, clients information, et cetera? Uh, is is super important. Jason, you've talked about the the technical, but I think there's some non-technical skills as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and these, I guess, um, within an apprenticeship, you have what's called knowledge, skills, and behaviours. So I guess these could come under the term of skills. You know, all behaviours, I guess. So you know, people who are independent who are collaborative and can work with others, you know, logical thinkers, problem solvers, they're curious, they're creative, tenacious, professional, productive, effective communication skills. If you're working in these areas and need to collaborate with lots of other internal or external stakeholders, then communication skills are super important as well. So, so as a technical person, I guess you need to be a bit more rounded than perhaps you used to used to be historically, you know, you need to have all those technical skills, but the best people have all those kind of non-technical skills that I've just described as well. Jason, thank you. So so that's the bit about the the skills. And I I, I think the distinction between the two is is quite important. As I say, for for people listening, I think it's it once again this idea of you know accountants having a particular skill in the world of finance, this this blurring of the line is so important now, isn't it? You know, we've got fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. We've got the idea that, you know, jobs or the, the, the roles that accountants have traditionally played will become less as, as the likes of AI become tools that we can use. So these awareness at least of is, is provided, I think, in the accountancy exams, but an accountant with the ability to do X, Y, Z, an accountant who can have a better conversation about data sets with a data analyst yeah. who can actually use the same language is going to be far more employable, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Completely agree. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. Right. One last thing. One last thing. There's, there's, there's always more than one last thing. <laughs> we've, we've done, we've done what, what, what's the skill? We've done how do you uh, teach those skills? And then we've looked at what employers want. I suppose from a, an educational perspective, the quality 
is comes then from how you can assess those skills. So how does that part of it work, Jason? How do how do you keep maintain the quality and the ability to be able to say, here's somebody that's done a course, they've worked in this safe space, they practice these skills, they are competent. How, how do you assess that? Because it's not the three hour exam, is it? No, no, exactly. I guess the first thing is in those lab environments, there'll be a particular outcome that needs to come out of them. So how do we assess that you can do it? Did you do it correctly? You know, obviously, you know, in our in our lab software, you know, we'll know what you've done, how you've done it, and whether you got the right outcome or answer that you were supposed to get to. So we can assess that. We can assess those labs that you've undertaken. And that might be the on-demand labs that we're doing, or it might be the ones that are in class with a tutor where the tutor has, you know, kind of watched over you and seen you do it for, for real. So... You know, we said earlier that our tutors and talent coaches are subject matter experts, so they will assess and watch you and kind of observe you doing stuff. So that's kind of, I guess, the first thing. The next thing would be these uh, assignments or projects that you do in the workplace where you do things for real. Again, mm -hmm. there's a real outcome that you're trying to get from that. There was an initial objective. You've worked through whatever it is that you're working through, whether it's data or whatever. You know, at the end of it, did you get the results that you needed, which helps you make that decision or solve that problem you were trying to solve? We can assess that. Uh, and those assignments or projects, Stuart, will become part of what's called your portfolio towards your apprenticeship. So that portfolio will be assessed by somebody who's a subject matter expert to say, yes, they can do this. The third step almost is the employer. Before uh, a learner goes through something called endpoint assessment, which we'll come to in a moment, the employer has to sign off to say that they're competent, they can do this stuff, there's knowledge, there's skills, there's behaviours in this apprenticeship, and I believe now that this person is ready to demonstrate they've got all of those. So that's the kind of third stage. And then the fourth stage is an independent third-party organisation, which is called an endpoint assessment organisation, which we have to bring in and now have an independent assessor who will review that portfolio of work and that evidence and give their judgment on it. And they will also typically have an interview or a professional discussion with the learner, again, to assess whether those skills are there or whether they aren't. And often as part of that process, they will also give them a scenario to work through where they've got to actually go and do something and they'll do it under observation via that independent third party assessor, who again is also a subject matter expert and we'll be able to sign off to say that those skills are there, this person is competent, and therefore they've successfully passed their apprenticeship. And so if you think about that whole process, that's a really very robust process really within an apprenticeship to be able to, to demonstrate that you've got those skills that you need to have in order to be able to perform that job well and competently. So, so thank you for your insight. I'm going to try now and summarise a few, a little bit more of, of, the, of the broader sense of the conversation. I'd like to come back to you with, with some final thoughts, really. Accountancy is a skill. You know, the, account, the word of accounting finance is a skill-based profession. You know, you need to produce accounts, not talk about them. You need to be able to do a tax computation, not understand what tax is. Although there is, there is an interesting point here is you, you need knowledge before you can actually get to, to those skills. So maybe it's a little bit of both. So it strikes me that the digital skills could really be, if they aren't already, the next big thing for finance professionals. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna help them stand out in the, in the marketplace. It's gonna make them effectively more valuable 
to the employers. So these digital apprenticeships, these digital modules that are available across the internet, not just effectively through Kaplan, could be a real genuine benefit for, for people who've qualified or partway through qualifying and looking to say, look, once I've got this qualification, how can I get the next job? What, what will the employer what is the employer looking for? And I think the way that you describe the skills and how we, we got that difference between skills and knowledge is a, is a hugely valuable process. Is there anything that, you know, if you've got one single message, you know, what's, what's the, the big thing you'd like to leave uh, people with, with regards to this skills gap and this skills agenda around digital? So clearly there's a huge need. You know, the demand from employers is outstripping the supply that's available. So for anyone who's looking to either enter the workforce for the very first time, perhaps gain new skills, you know, reskill from an, an occupation that's maybe been displaced, you know, in lots of ways, technology displaces people from certain industries or certain sectors. Well, actually, this is a growing industry, a growing sector with that skills need. So I guess if I was somebody thinking of either starting a career or upskilling or reskilling in some capacity, then looking at these types of skills would be really, uh, you know, really advantageous for me and, and give me a fantastic opportunity. Um, and I guess the only thing that I would say too is around what the employers are also looking to do very much so in this area is to diversify their workforce as well. Mm. You know, this predominantly has been a sort of a white male uh, sector uh, and actually there are very underrepresented groups and that's whether, you know, people, are, you know, obviously girls, females in tech and in IT in particular, but also people from a BAME community as well. So, uh, you know, employers are, you know, really actively trying to look to address, you know, those gaps as well and help address those underrepresented areas too. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really interesting point. And Jason, where can people find out any more um, about anything, you know, digital skills, mm -hmm. employers one, uh, yeah. apprenticeships in digital skills, that sort of thing? They, they can come to me directly. Uh, I'd be very happy for them to do that. Uh, on our website, there's lots and lots of information available to you. Uh, and there's also a kind of a contact me button, which you can press on our website too, which means that myself or one of my team will come back to you and, and help discuss some of those areas in more detail or help you if you, if you need it. Jason, thanks for joining me on the Captain Learn Better podcast. That's great. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you for listening to Kaplan's Learn Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts to help more people find us. Let's continue the conversation. Follow us on social at Kaplan UK and let us know what you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes.